Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling some fantasy football today. I thought you were going to say I'm feeling 22. Yeah, dude, that's what popped into my wow. head. And I was not. I got nervous. Interested in saying that. Who's saying that song? I don't even remember. Is it bad to say that? Is I it, think it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's probably I, Taylor I, Swift. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, my wife, God love her, loves Taylor Swift. <clears throat> I don't have anything against you, Tay Tay. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, it is Tuesday, May 12th. People came here for fantasy football and got Taylor Swift right off the bat. Uh, my name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me. Um, we got a lot to get to in this episode. We're going to start off with the news, and then we're going to jump into our must-draft running backs in 2020. Uh, these are guys that are people that we think you should definitely have on your team when the season begins yeah. um, or at some point in the season. So uh, we'll discuss those. Before we do that, check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on our personal, uh, with the handles or somewhere on the screen. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, Instagram at the Fantasy Champions. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions. Subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Click the bell on YouTube for notifications. Leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Let's jump into the four pieces of news that we have really quickly, and then we'll get to the main uh, what do you want to call I it? I get the so main. excited when there's not a ton of news. <laughs> we get time to talk about stuff. Yeah. Uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport says uh, Cam Newton is willing to consider being a backup this season. Um, do you really believe that? I don't know. I don't think Cam Newton is much as a dink as people think he is. I mean, he dresses like an idiot, but... Sometimes he does. Sometimes he does. <laughs> Sometimes he's he's really good at football. I don't know what yeah, I, people I are think, doing. I think he. I, I mean, I believe that support. I think he's willing to take a Winston like deal if he has to, like maybe yeah. with the Steelers, right? Or you know, whatever team it ends up being mm-hmm. that he can sit behind for a year or at least compete for the job, but probably won't get it. And then next year, kind of be his year. I say this as a, rem- a job. I say this as a reminder to the fantasy champions community, please. Uh, do not have Cam Newton on your fantasy team when the season starts. If he's a backup, <laughs> yeah, not worth it. Some people are going to draft him. It's going to happen. Uh, the Bengals name. director of personnel, uh, he said he, that he's. Uh, I think his name is Duke Tobin. Um, said that uh, they visited about Joe Mixon uh, having a long term deal. So that sounds like it's going to be something that happens. That's a twenty twenty one. He's still got one more year left in his contract, I believe. So that might be a 2021 uh, contract holdout that you have to watch oh, for. Oh, gosh. Of course. Um, which Very sucks, usual. but anyway. Uh, Ian, uh, what, what was I going to say? NFL Insider. I was going to say Ian Rappaport because it's just force of habit. NFL Insider Adam Kaplan uh, reports that the Eagles have some interest in Carlos Hyde. I don't want to spend time on this because we will talk about that particular rumor um, on this show. Uh, but yeah, Carlos Hyde has uh talked with the eagles or they have interest in him or whatever uh, and then yeah i know nick sirianni from uh the colts is the offensive coordinator he said that the uh, rb room is a one-one punch with Mar- marlon mack and jonathan taylor so um as i said long term jonathan taylor dynasty leagues sexy sure, little yeah. pick uh short term I-, I think this is what this is what may happen here okay follow me you're going to see Mac start the season with a lot of workload. And then as the season progresses, Jonathan Taylor will get more and more work. So he could be a back half weeks, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. If you play championships in week 17, uh, he could be a guy that plays well in the second half of the season as Marlon Mack starts to get faded out or Marlon Mack gets hurt altogether. So I think there's going to be a little tiny window where you let somebody else draft Jonathan Taylor, get burned by him, and then swoop in for the small deal. But I would yeah, say don't draft much. him at this point. I wouldn't draft. Uh, I mean, if you got an extra bench spot, yeah, yeah, it would be worth it. But like, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna end up being like an eighth round yeah, pick. I don't, you, gosh, is yeah, it I even don't, worth it? Do not draft him if he's an eighth yeah. round pick. 
if he's like a 14th or 15th round pick. Yeah, I take him and just slide him on the bench for the whole season until he's, yeah. he actually plays well. He he could. I see a lot of similarities to the Colts uh, in the Colts situation to the Eagles last year, where you had Jordan Howard and Miles yeah. Sanders and. Miles Sanders, as the season went along, started to get better and better and better and started getting more work and Howard got hurt. And so that, that could be very much very, you know, that could be what happens in um, in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. But it's going to take the season to do that. And I feel like it's worth, you know, last year I drafted, you know, Mark Ingram. He ended up being good the whole season. But my goal was to draft him, knowing that he was going to be good for like four weeks because of the easy schedule at the beginning of the season, then trade him away. This is the reverse of that scenario. You let somebody else draft Jonathan Taylor, hope that he blows in the first month of the season, and then swoop in for a small deal, or even watch him hit yeah. the waiver wire, unless he's a 14th or 15th round pick. So those are my thoughts on Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree. Like, I think I think Taylor's somebody who you can definitely keep your eye on. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't want to draft him if he's going in the eighth round. Right. Um, but if he's falling late and you want right. to just put him on your bench for half the season, I think that's a good idea. Almost knocked and the I entire do, do desk he, over. That would be bad. Yeah. Uh, I do think he's more talented than Marlon Mack. So I think eventually he'll get more work than him. So yeah. we'll see how the season plays out. But as yes. of right now, I'm not trying to touch him in, in the first eight rounds. Yeah. Uh, so let's move into our must draft running backs for 2020. As a prerequisite to this discussion, we did not include the obvious Saquon Barkley. Uh, right. Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey. Zeke Elliott's of the world. Um, you got to draft Dalvin Cook. He's available. (laughs) Anybody that's getting ranked in the top five right now in terms of running backs are uh, must drafts. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, But I think, uh, you know, these are guys that we're talking about between rounds, you know, two, three and, uh, you know, 15. So this is anybody outside of your normal top six or seven at the running back position. Um, there are guys that made the list guys that didn't make the list. It doesn't necessarily mean we dislike guys like Derrick Henry who aren't on this list. You know, it doesn't mean we hate them. It doesn't mean not draft them, right, but this right, is right, just right, guys right. that we think you should have on your fantasy team at some point in 2020. So let's start off with the number one guy. I think this is probably both of our favorite, um, running back going into 2020 and it's Kenyon Drake. Can I can I say I was right on my original take last year? Uh, <laughs> I said he was no, going to be an RB one, yes, kind of. <laughs> but he now player, he's but like a sleeper. He was, he was in an awful situation. Yeah, like worse than you even thought right. at the time. So but yeah, sure, you like the player. So Kenyon Drake, uh, I guess tops our must draft running backs list, um, and there's a few reasons why uh, he is in that position. Um, I just want to start off by saying that his ADP, you said his ADP is now in the second round. Can you give it's me not, the fantasy pros average? So because I have 49 on sleeper. He's it. That's not his ADP. What it is, is it's just his consensus consensus rankings. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Got you. It, it's 17th overall. He's 10th he's he's now or ninth. He's, he's the 10th ranked running back. Oh gosh. So that would be a, Second round pick. He's ahead of Aaron Jones. Right now, the ADP hasn't caught up. No, to a sleeper. He I could Kenny get him in the fifth or sixth round. Right. Um, wow. As a as a little preview, we are going to do consistent episodes called ADP analysis um, in the next couple months to go over what the ADP of players look like as the se- as the off season and as draft season progresses to see if guys are going up down where they're staying where they're going project where they might go so um we'll, we'll we'll have that for you soon but i i did notice a Kenyon drake's adp and and ranking on fantasy pros did not line up but so right now his adp is at 48 last year um he was traded to the arizona cardinals do you want to know what the numbers were between weeks 9 and 17 when he started for the arizona cardinals what were the numbers? He he wasn't he had I think uh hundred and sixty fantasy points and he was the RB four in fantasy all the fantasy. Um, wow. Yeah, he was absolutely absurd. Um, the Cardinals didn't really do anything this off season to make us think that he's not going to be the feature back in that offense. They Matter improved fact, the they offense away. David Johnson. So if anything, right, right. It's it's Kenyon Drake's role. So. Yeah. 
Um, they uh, they improve the offensive line. They improve the offense as a whole with DeAndre Hopkins. So that offense is looking much better than it did last year. Yeah. Would you agree with that or disagree? I would. I would agree with that for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, I always talk about the fantasy point per opportunity totals. He had a one fantasy point per opportunity in his previous seasons with the Dolphins this year with more opportunity. He had a 0.9 fantasy point per opportunity, which is right in the ballpark of where uh, a one CMC lands. And uh, I think Uh. Zeke is right around there as well. And Barkley. So he's got that same fantasy point per opportunity total as those guys. Um, So he has really great efficiency but the other question is does he have the the uh opportunity to do it and he averaged 19 touches a game over that course of time uh after he was traded to the cardinals um he's poised for a breakout this year i don't i think the numbers speak for themselves on Kenyon drake i mean if he gets 19 touches a game and he has a 0.9 fantasy point per opportunity he's gonna score like in half ppr 18 fantasy points a game yeah let's look at david johnson last year Right. He was not very good, right? Running, running the football, he was not good. Right. But he was still getting fantasy production. He was getting 15 to like 15 to 20 points a week right. in half PPR because of how good that offense is mm-hmm. and how good or how many opportunities it opens up for the running back. Right. And Kenyon Drake is going to be the guy yeah. in that offense. He's going to be the workhorse. And they, like you said, they added DeAndre Hopkins. They drafted Josh Jones in the third round, who was an absolute steal. He was projected late first, early second pick. And he's going to help with that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, like, to me, I mean, there's there's talks. I, I, I wouldn't go this far, but there are talks that are saying, like, Kyler Murray for MVP this year. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. They, I've, Floral. I've heard, I've heard that. I've heard, like, oh, Arizona no. Cardinals are, like, the, oh, no. the Rams from two years ago. Yeah. I went to the Super Bowl, like, the high-powered offense. Um, oh, boy. That's... At least the first half of the year. But... Yeah, but I I don't I wouldn't go as far to say as that I, I think there's still work to do as yeah. a team. But when it comes to Kenyon Drake, like as long as that man plays and he plays the way he did at the end of last year, he's going to be a top ten yeah. running back definitely for sure. Uh, and I think he there's a chance he mm-hmm. can finish in the top five if if he, if he plays like he did last year for yeah. the whole season. He I think he will be a top five running back. He's he's a he's exactly what. I think the Cardinals were looking for running back. I think, uh, you know, David Johnson's this injury prone old man that's on a big contract. He's not really old. I'll I'll take that back. He's not that he's for a running back. Um, he's, he's generally old. Uh, but anyway, I guess they, they the same age. I don't even want (laughs) to, I can look it up. I think David Johnson's a little older, but it's not like a big difference. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think Kenyon Drake was just less money and that's why they moved on from, but he fits the offense perfectly. He had those 170 carries last year, and he also had 68 total targets, and he had 50 receptions. So, um, and I, I'm curious to know how many of those friggin' receptions happened while he was on the Arizona Cardinals, because he was averaging a right right around like I want to say two targets a game with Miami, two to three. That might be uh, three. Yeah, to four. it wasn't. It wasn't a lot. But it, it wasn't a lot. The it second he got to the second he got to Arizona, it was four, six, like, six, two, three, yep. one, three, three. So he gets you know four or five targets a game with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, there were there was a stretch of games in week sixteen and seventeen, and it very I mean week fifteen and sixteen, and very may have won a couple of people some <laughs> fantasy titles. It certainly didn't win me anything, but uh, he <laughs> he had I had him on my bench. But uh, he had 39 fantasy points uh, in week 15 against Cleveland. He had 23 touches in that game, and he only had one target. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. 22, wow. 22 rushing attempts, seven red zone attempts. The following week, he had 24 rushing attempts, four targets, three receptions, um, and he ended that game with 33 fantasy points. So, yeah. um, he's, uh, Drake, he's- man, he's a stud. Yeah, he's a beast, and he's uh, he's two years younger than David Johnson. Oh, he David is. Johnson's twenty eight. Holy Andrew's smokes! David Johnson is really old for running back. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's two years older yeah, than me, so twenty eight is pushing it for running back, and then you add the injuries to it as well. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. Of, he he might have one good year left. Right. So I I think a lot of things point in the direction of Kenyon Drake being this this 
RB one of sorts. And I think a lot of people, I mean, if, if, if this holds, I think he's going to be a third round pick. That's where I'm kind of landing on him. Yeah. I think but he'll probably be a third. Round if, pick if this holds and he ends up being a fifth round pick, I mean, this is, this is a highway robbery. Oh gosh. If you can get Kenyon Drake in the fifth round, like that is an absolute steal. He won't be going in the fifth round. Howard draft. One of us would take him like early, a little earlier, yeah. like in the fourth or the third. I'm just but feeling very certain. And I, I don't know if I should or not think, about Kenny Drake being an RB one. Like it's, it's, it's almost no, I mean, a lock. I, I think I, I wouldn't say a lock because I don't think anything in fantasy football. No, uh, that's like, why I said it's almost. Everything's yeah. almost. Um, but yeah, no, I think you should feel very confident about that. Him yeah. being like a, at least a low end RB one. I think that's very possible as long as he just plays the way he has been the last year. Yeah. And continues to get the opportunities, which he will. I think bearing injury he's going to be he's going to do very well yeah i I mean i just for this season you know what i mean if you're if you're in a dynasty league right now uh and and you want to win this would be a perfect uh i mean the drake owners owners probably (laughs) thinking very highly of him right now but um, this might be the time where you can swoop in make a deal and get yourself an rb1 to prepare you for the season um Mm -hmm. And then if you're, you know, obviously in redraft, I mean, like we like we were talking about fourth, fifth round pick for a guy like Kenyon Drake, who very well might be an RB1. It's not unfeasible to make that decision and be like, yeah, I'm going to draft him because like people, you know, people are going to be Drake haters. They're going to be like, oh, I don't think he's going to be that good. And um, they can take a flying leap, but I'm going to have Kenyon Drake on uh, all of my fantasy teams if I can make it happen. Um, number two, Miles Sanders. Um, he is probably, uh, you know, if Drake was our number one must have running back, yeah, Miles Sanders, right probably there. our second favorite running back this season. Um, his ADP right now is, is, is more leveled off than Drake's. Um, I think he's picked, uh, 27 right now, according to sleeper. So that's right around a third round pick. Third I want to say, yeah. um, and, 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 uh, yeah, I think that's a third round in 12 team as well, yep. but. Um, so he's a, he's basically a third round pick. That's a little, a little more than I'm, I'm comfortable spending on Miles Sanders. I'll say that, but I will not rule out a third round selection on Miles Sanders. I might not even rule out a second round selection on Miles Sanders, but I, I think it's, it's starting to get a little bit uncomfortable for me with how high he's going. Um, yeah. Howard, when he went down, Jordan Howard, when he went down, he was, uh, through weeks 10 through 17, Miles Sanders was the RB7, um, which is, you know, RB1 status right there. Um, Howard's gone. No more Howard. He's Babais, not on the team anymore. Their offensive line's still good. They still got Carson Wentz. They added some some spots to the wide receiver. So the offense is relatively decent. The old, you know, like I said, the O-line's good. Um, and he's also one of those guys, same as Kenyon Drake, 0.9 fantasy points per opportunity. The one concern that I have with with um, uh, with Miles Sanders right now is that Carlos Hyde uh, grossness, that Carlos Hyde rumor we talked about in the news. Yeah, I mean, if if they add Carlos Hyde, I think that would that w- it wouldn't be good. No. But I don't think it, Carlos Hyde makes a big enough difference where it's like I'm not drafting Miles Sanders anymore because I don't think they're going to use Carlos Hyde a lot. I don't yeah. think he's going to be, if they sign him, it's going to be like, he's not going to get a lot of carries. Yeah. That, of that was the one thing I wanted to highlight more specifically in this show, because we, we talked about Miles Sanders now. Good. We think we he's going to be. And I think, like I said, I just ran off numbers. I mean, this season, Miles Sanders is, there is a really, really good chance that Miles Sanders gets the one thing that he didn't have last season because of Jordan Howard was opportunity in the red zone. And there were plays that I watched him on film, and he just looks insanely good. He had several early in the season when he when they first rolled him out there, and had him you know run ten times. Uh, yeah. There were just a couple of plays where they handed it off to him, and he was one defender away from breaking a you know thirty yard touchdown run. There was a couple of plays where he ran it for like 50, 60 yards, and and it got called back on a holding. And it's like there were just a couple of plays where you saw the explosiveness of Miles Sanders. I like Kenyon Drake because of his efficiency. I like Miles Sanders purely because of his talent. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's that right. good, but. 
the reason why I want to talk about the Carlos Hyde situation is because there are people out there in the fantasy community right now <clears throat> who don't like Miles Sanders. Uh-huh. And it and it perplexes me a little bit. And I'm like, why? If they go out and they sign a, you know, uh, Devonta Freeman or a Lamar Miller, I'm concerned. I'm like, okay, Miles Sanders not going to be. If they go out and they sign a Carlos Hyde, why why are people scared of that? Like, it's like a, your second running back is Boston Scott. You should probably add some depth at running back. So sign Carlos Hyde. It's not a, we signed Devonta Freeman, who was a starting running back last year to pair with Miles Sanders. Like, I, I just think that Carlos Hyde is, 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 is just a backup running back. At best, he's a third down yeah. back. Yeah, and gosh. He's not going to take anything from Miles Sanders. No, I don't think he will. He will either. The, and, the good part about it, and this will, uh, I'll, I'm sorry, I will let you talk because I'm rambling. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I think the only the only thing I think Hyde could take away is maybe yeah, some like, red zone shorts, right. maybe some red zone. Right. Um, but even then, I don't think it'll be enough where it really affects Sanders. Yeah, um, I got my... Uh, Fantasy football, I think he's from NFL.com, uh, League Commissioner Cup. My wife got this for me. I was very happy. Wow. I feel like a legend. Being a league That's... commissioner is not an easy thing to do. I'll tell you that. Oh, no. People oh, no. hate me. It's... I wonder why. <laughs> I get called, my nickname is Roger Goodell. That's not a good yeah. sign. No. <laughs> a well-earned nickname yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So for, for me, I think the, the biggest thing with the Carlos Hyde situation, the thing I was going to note, um, is that I think, I think there is a real, like justifiable opportunity that he will s- steal those red zone carries away from, uh, Miles Sanders, some of them, not all of them, but I, I just think the fact that they want to bring in, you know, Carlos Hyde, as opposed to the other two running backs on the market, it kind of shows me that Miles Sanders is there. A lot of people are bringing up the fact that the Eagles always like to use RBBCs, um, but I, I we saw Miles Sanders have RB two success last year uh, with a backup role. So it's like with a starting role, what can he do? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I just I have I have a feeling that Miles Sanders is going to have a very very good season, um, but. Harlow's Heights are not even on the Eagles. So, I mean, uh, you know, so th- there's right, right. there's nothing to be worried about yet. Uh, the the it, the interesting thing is that people like to take and I learned this last year is that you got to take rumors with a grain of salt. Sometimes they're true, sometimes they're not true. And until mm-hmm. Carlos Hyde signs with the Eagles, Miles Sanders is 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 a very very high likelihood uh, RB one and. I like him as that. And that's why I draft him in the second round and in the third round, because he's talented. He's fast. He can be a workhorse. He can be there on three downs. He's, he's got all of the measure, you know, all the measurables and the pass cage pass catching capabilities to make him that. So Miles Sanders, you know, I, I don't, he's, he's not a lock, but as far as a guy that you can get outside of the top, you know, maybe the top 10 of running backs, uh, is perfect. And with this Carlos Hyde stuff, bringing Miles Sanders value down. Um, we might be able to see him fall into the third or fourth round, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I hope so. That would be, that would be awesome. Get Drake Sanders. in the fifth round, Miles Sanders in the third round. That, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the recipe of winning ideal, a league right there. Ideal. Get your RB one yeah. in the first. I, I, I don't know. I like it. Um, the third guy on our list, I, I'm not sure how you feel about Austin Eckler. And I didn't know how I felt about Austin Eckler until today. Really. Um, I think Eckler is kind of a, a polarizing character because he's not the normal, like I, I what is he like? He's, he's, he's got five ten, I believe. I can't remember his height. Yeah. He's, not, and he's like oh. 199 pounds and you know, he's just not a big running back. Um, he, he runs like one sometimes, but he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's more of a speed guy. Um, yeah, he's, he's five, nine, 199 pounds. So he's not, he's not a big running back by any means, but he's an excellent pass catcher. Um, right. And, and I, I started looking over him and I'm like, 
Should I like him? When he started over the stretch without Melvin Gordon, uh, those four games, he was averaging 3.9 yards a carry, which is kind of gross, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, not-, not exciting at all. Um, and I prorated his whole season. <laughs> and he only had, he had 228 rushing attempts. And he had 888 yards. That's a little bit gross. You have 200 plus rushing yeah. attempts. You should probably have a thousand yards. Uh, so that was a little bit gross to me, but the thing that I like about Austin Eckler is that over the time that he was a starter, he was a top three running back in fantasy football. Now, I don't think he can hold that top three status over the course of a whole season, but if he gets 200 plus rushing attempts and last year he had 108 targets, right? So last year, just to give you some of the numbers, he had 138 rushing attempts and 108 targets. And I think he came down with like 90 catches or something like that. He had 92 catches. 92 catches. So uh, he had basically, if you want to take the targets, he had 308 opportunities to to do something. And so if he's a full-time starter this year, and there's no one behind him. Like I could see, I could see the Chargers going out and getting a Devonta Freeman or a Lamar Miller before the offseason's over, and that very may, that very yep. well may happen. But I think if he does hold out this roster spot, he's the RB one when the season starts. I'm not scared of Justin Jackson. the The only other guy that I'm kind of concerned about is Joshua Kelly, which we can spend some time on if, if you want. But I think the biggest thing about Austin Eckler is that a he has an extremely high ceiling when it comes to efficiency. He had 1.29 fantasy points per opportunity. Just did, like I said, Kenny Drake, Miles Sanders both had 0.9 last year. Um, so that's very high. He's going to regress a little bit in terms of efficiency. It's just going to happen. But I think if he regresses, it's going to be like one fantasy point per opportunity. If the guy touches the ball 300 times, he might have 300 fantasy points and he might finish as a top six running back. So I yeah. think the value is there for him. Um, and I think, I think the only concern for me is, is his efficiency running the football. I think he could get opportunity running the football taken away from him. But I think the biggest thing for Austin Eckler is his floor with his, you know, pass catching is that regardless of what happens with Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson and how they're involved in the offense and how many opportunities he gets rushing the football, Austin Eckler still has a good floor. So it's like if you draft him, yeah, he's sure. still a solid flex. That's yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I'm on this list. He's probably one of the last guys on this list for me, but he is on yeah. the list. Um, my only concern with Austin Eckler, and if everything goes right with him, he's somebody who could very well like have an insane year. I mean, if he catches ninety-two passes again, absurd. Like, Which I think is he, very possible. That's that's like that's a. It also could be because of wide receiver Philip Rivers. But. So that's what I was going to say. Philip Rivers, especially in his later years, would check down all the time. Like that, that was almost his first read was a check down. Like he loves throwing to running backs, screen plays, uh, check downs, like any, anything that a wheel, yeah. route, anything that gets the ball to the running back, he would do it. Whether it was Gordon, Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler, um, they would use Austin Eckler more in passing down. So he would get more catches with Trod Taylor as the quarterback. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> That happening. Well, no, Justin Herbert, even, you like him? I, I like Herbert more for Eckler than I do Trot Taylor for Eckler. Yeah, I probably would like Trot Taylor more as a fantasy option than Justin Herbert in year one. Yeah. Um, but but I think that should be a, a concern is how Austin Eckler is going to get used in that offense this year when it comes to catching the football because I don't think he's going to get ninety two catches. I don't think he's going to get 80 catches. Why do you not think he's uh, going to get 92 catches just because Philip Rivers is gone? Uh, I think, I think Philip Rivers is okay. gone. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair estimation. Yeah. I think he could fall in the same, just because, you know, younger, not, not the Tyrod Taylor is a younger quarterback, but quarterbacks who struggle throwing down the field, um, tend to dump off to their running backs a lot sure. more. And I, I don't think Tyrod Taylor, uh, at this point in his career where he has uh, basically after, if, if he fails with the chargers, he's done like as a starter, he's not going to start yeah. in the NFL. Oh, yeah, again. Yeah. So I, I think for me, Tyrod Taylor is probably going to play it safe a lot. And that might lead to him dumping it off to Austin Eckler a little bit more, but I could see a statistical decrease in that category. That is my biggest concern with Austin Eckler is mm-hmm. like, how bad is this offense going to be? 
Yeah, I don't know. They have some weapons, but like, it's concerning. Are, can they can they be in the red zone enough for Austin Eckler to get opportunities to score? Because prorated uh, prorated on those four games he started the season with, the kid finishes with twenty four total touchdowns, all purpose. So like, that's crazy. Jeez. He's not going to hit that. Yeah. He's just not going to no. do it. I could see him getting twelve to fifteen all purpose touchdowns next year, but if that opportunity is not there to score, then he's seriously capped. But I, I think I think right now his ADP is thirty six, uh, so he's a fourth round pick. I think um, that's perfect though. Like I'm, it's a, I'm definitely. If he goes that. any higher than that, I'm concerned. So do you want to hear where Face Pros has him? Where? Uh, the twenty first ranked player. Okay. And he's the twelfth running that's back, fair. so he's ahead of Miles Sanders. Yeah. I just think he's he's perfect in the terms he's perfect in terms of floor because even if he doesn't mm-hmm. catch ninety balls again, he might yeah. catch like seventy. And uh, in PPR, that's 70 fantasy points that you can stack on your team. In standard, that's 35 fantasy points that you can add to the total. So, I mean, uh, in half PPR, that's 35 fantasy points you can add to the total. So, for me, it's like, I think the floor is there when it comes to Austin Eckler. Enough that if he doesn't end up being what we think he can be, which is that RB1 type player, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If he doesn't reach that, he's still a solid flex. And you're not disappointed that you drafted him in the fourth round. It's kind of like a safe pick that has upside um, and you don't usually get those in fantasy. So for me, it's like I'm, I'm willing to stake, you know, that fourth round pick on him. Now, if he ends up jolting into the third round, second round, I'm done. I'm not, I want him on my team, but I, I don't want to waste that high of a draft value, not knowing what it's going to be. But I think at this point you can agree that he's at a must own running back for 2020. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. And especially if, if he's going in the fourth round, I think that's yeah. a, you got to get him there. Um, so let's talk about another polarizing character in the fantasy football community outside of Miles Sanders. It's a one Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yep. We've talked about Edwards Hilaire in this program. We have. Uh, I'm going to give a quick rundown. I wrote some notes on Clyde, you know, before this show started. Very short list. Five bullet points, six bullet points. So I'm, I'm going to read them off real fast. And, and these are sure. reasons why uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire should be on your fantasy team and why he'll be at least a top 15 running back in 2020. Uh, he's on the Chiefs offense. Yep. That's uh, a good start. He's on the Chiefs offense. Yep. He's on that's the a, Chiefs offense and he's oh, on the Chiefs offense. Oh, so, right. uh, you know, he also has Patrick on, Mahomes as his down. quarterback. Oh, I got to write that and one down. And Andy Reid as his coach, who happened to be like the best offense in football. So he also, like, Andy Reid loves quick running backs. Yeah. Which, what is fits perfectly. Is it, isn't Carlos Edwards Hilaire a quick running back? Yeah. Clyde no. Edwards Hilaire. Sorry. You, yes. you mess up, yeah, don't mess up my boy's it. name. Don't do that. I, I, I don't Did I mess up his name? I said Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, so he's a great fit for the offense. Um, yep. Andy Reid, Mahomes love him. Uh, plays on the Chiefs. Plays on the Chiefs. Yep. <laughs> uh, his ADP is uncertain right now because right now he's supposed to be a tenth round pick. And yes, please. That's if they if that's, that's if that's what it is. No, I'm, I'm all in. But I think he's uh, going to be a fifth round pick. And, and when it's all said and done, sure. Um, Fan- Fantasy Pros has him ranked 24th overall. <laughs> yeah, they have Eckler as the RB12. Who's da- where's Sanders Damian Williams the on their list? Oh, gosh, nowhere. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, non-existent. Um, I think he's going to win the job. So that's one of my bullet points. And there you go. There you have it. Six of them were, uh, he's on the chief's offense. <laughs> also, he was the best pass Next catching guy. back in the draft. Yeah. Right. And he's on the chief's offense. Yeah. And he's so, on I mean, I wouldn't like he, he's one of these guys that like might not get a lot of carries. Right. Right. Um, and he wouldn't need it. Cause he, he might have a similar season to Austin Eckler did yeah. last year where he like, I'm not going to say he's going to catch the ball 90 plus times, but he I might mean, get. I mean, no, <laughs> just kidding. I'm not projecting. He's gonna, gonna he's gonna get used in the passing game a lot. Um, a lot of fantasy football analysts that I trust in the community, um, are putting him right around that 15 to 17 range in projections, which I think is mm-hmm. safe. Among running backs, yeah, I think that's a safe area to put him. Sure, yeah. Um, if you're projecting him out, but. Um, I think there's a, I think he's a, he's a mid range RB two with the upside to be an RB one. Um, I don't think he's like a Kareem hunt. Um, you know, I, 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 he can be, 
He looks like Kareem Hunt in the workout metrics category. Like if you go to player profile and you type in Kareem Hunt and then you type in Clyde Edwards Hilaire, they got like the same metrics. So I'm like, you know, he's like a shorter Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt was like a, you know, he had like this explosive ability. And I'm like, when I first watched Clyde Edwards Hilaire on film, I'm like, well, I don't, you know, like, like he has a four five forty, like he doesn't really look that fast. And I'm like, what? You know what I mean? Like, what exactly yeah. is there? And then, you know, I, I started watching it on film. I'm like, okay, the speed is there. But I'm like, he's not really going to be... kind of reminds me of David Montgomery. He's not going to be this guy that can get a 60-yard gash down the field. But then it's like, well, Kareem Hunt could do it, and he had the same metric. So maybe in the Chiefs' offense, they're that good that uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can do that. But mm-hmm. I just... The Chiefs' offense, man, that's the biggest one that kind of rides up yeah. my pants. I love it. <laughs> But I'm I'm I, I he's going to be on every single one of my fantasy teams, and I'm going to go down burning with that ship. I will. Um, Me too. The biggest. Clyde, let's talk about the biggest concern for Clyde, and then we'll move on to the last guy. Okay. Um, it's it's most definitely Damian Williams at this point. Yeah, um, it's absolutely Damian Williams. And the GM, we talked about this last week. The GM said that uh, they're going to split, and um, we'll leave that up to Andy Reid because he's the coach. But, um. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a first round pick, you know, so I, I don't know that Damian Williams is going to, you know, undrafted free agents going to come in and steal the job away from a first round pick. I think Damian Williams is there. I think that if, if he, cause my, I've talked about my prediction, this might be in the bold prediction show. So maybe not, it won't even be a bold prediction by the time we get there, but I think Damian Williams is going to be cut. I really do. And I think I that I think he's got a place in the NFL and he's got a team where he can go and there are going to be teams that are going to look for him. They're going to love him. And, and you, could, you know, I mean, he, he's he deserves to be on an NFL. Yeah, roster. for sure. Teams I just think that, you know, Darwin Thompson, the, the guy they drafted last year, Daryl Williams, uh, they have another Williams running back, too. I think they got three of them, but I think they got enough in that backfield right now that they don't need a three million dollar dead weight. You know what I mean? Like they just don't need it right now. Like it's just, I mean, he's the same kind of running back as Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So why is. waste? Like why have two spots? For I, that? That I, I understand sense. your line of thinking and I agree with you overall that, I mean, he really, it doesn't make sense yeah. because they have Clyde now, but I don't think they're going to cut him. Yeah. Um, I think he's Moving too good of a player unless he was making a bigger contract. Got to get more comfortable for this show, money. Rick. Dude. Sorry. Just see, wait one day we'll have a couch. That's true. Continue. Uh, um, so, so I, I don't think they're going to cut him, but I do see why you would think that because it's yeah. kind of like they're the same player, really. Yeah, so that would be my bold prediction. But uh, I think even if Damian Williams is there, let's assume he is because he is still on the yeah. team. Um, I, I, I think there's a place for Damian Williams in that offense. So there is a reasonable possibility that Clyde could start the season. I'm just going to call him Clyde because Edwards Hilaire is a match. That's what I'm starting to do yeah um so <laughs> Clyde I think he has I think he's gonna have an early season opportunity I think in the first four to six weeks of the season you could see a even split between Damian Williams but as Clyde Edwards Hilaire starts separating himself and showing like it could take one week it could take five weeks but he yeah. will start separating himself as the RB1 Damian Williams it might even start before the season starts but uh, he will separate himself from Damian Williams. He will be the RB1. He will get the f- full workload, the Kareem Hunt workload that we wanted from Damian Williams, and he'll be that guy. So um, I don't I don't have any concerns there. I want I want Clyde Edwards Hilaire on my team for whenever that moment when he takes over the you know the job fully happens. Because as soon as that happens, you got I I will say it, you got probably an RB1 on your fantasy team. And and what is he gonna be? A fifth fifth round pick i mean that's come on yeah i gotta <laughs> if take he's it. a fifth round pick yeah you absolutely have to take it there yeah um and even if they split like even if that report is true and they or it wasn't even a report who said who, who was the guy that said that it was the um it was the, the the gm of the chiefs the, yeah so the new even, GM. If you, even if they do that and they do <laughs> split carries like mm-hmm. <laughs> i think clyde will still be very valuable just because of his passing game yeah or his yeah. ability to catch the ball in the backfield uh, agreed. Let's move on to the last guy, TG. Thirteen, but his number's not thirteen, so it doesn't make any sense. Todd Gurley. I don't know what his number is. 
Todd Gurley. I don't, I honestly don't know what his number is either. To be frank, I'm looking that up because now I'm <laughs> now you're curious. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Todd Gurley, when the season starts, my uh, my great friend oh, almost almost won me a fantasy championship. I'm just staring at his picture on Player Profiler, wondering <laughs> what could have been your lover. I, I love Todd Gurley. I've always loved Todd Gurley. Um, he's 25 years old. When the season starts, he's going to be 26. Which isn't that like Which is not that old. Injury. What is that, his fifth year in the league? Yeah, he does Sixth have more year. work under him than a guy like Kenyon Drake, and he's had more yep. injuries. So right. he's, he's an older 26, um, um, but he's still 26. Yeah. So he's, he's, he will be 26. He's generally young. Sure, um, yeah. And he, you know, he, I think he's got two more years left under him. And then I think he'll probably go the way of the Dodo, like Adrian Peterson. Um, yeah. His ADP right now is, I believe in sleeper, the ninth round, which I don't think will hold there. I think he'll end up being like a fourth round pick. Yeah. He's um, right now. He's a projected like fourth round pick on a fancy pros. Yeah. So I, I think he'll definitely be that fourth round pick, but big, situations here for Todd Gurley. Now there's, you know, other, other than Idaho Smith, there's no one on, on the Atlanta Falcons who are going to steal work from Todd Gurley. Yeah. Agree. No, that I mean, absolutely. I'm Todd Gurley is going to be the workhorse in Atlanta. I'm not the, worried about the, that. Not worried about workload at all. Last year uh, on the on the on the Los Angeles Rams, he had two hundred and seventy three touches. I'm sorry, two hundred and fifty six touches. Jeez. Well, I got that wrong again. The, the, it's two hundred and fifty four touches. With Todd Gurley, is Devontae Freeman was in the same spot last year. He was a third round pick. Yep. People were like, he's healthy finally. He's going to be the workhorse. Yep. And he had his opportunity, and he just wasn't that good. <laughs> Um, when he played, he just, which isn't, he just sucked. I, I don't know if it was his fault. Let's just, or let's just was, bring in another old man. If it was the offensive line or what happened there, but he wasn't productive. Todd Gurley's knees are close to my grandfather's. <laughs> is it going to be different with Todd Gurley or is it just going to be the same yeah. thing that happened with Devontae from last year? I think it'll be different because a, I think that team is a little, I think they're going to be healthier uh, the offensive line is slightly improved. Yeah. And two, I think Todd Gurley is better than okay. Devontae Freeman at this point in their careers. Yeah. I mean, Devontae I Freeman is a little older. Yeah. And I think even when they were both in their prime, Todd Gurley was the better player. So, so Todd Gurley was absurdly good in 2018 and 2017, where he finished as the RV one in consecutive seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, he had in, in 2018, he had uh, 300 plus touches, 21 touchdowns, and uh, 1,800 all purpose yards. So um, he was absolutely insane in that season. And then the following year, they took a lot of work away from him. Yep. Um, he only had uh, around 1,100. Uh, all-purpose yards, 14 all-purpose touchdowns, and 31 receptions. Um, so he had a massive drop-off in the reception category. The biggest problem with Todd Gurley from 2018 to 2019 was efficiency. He had 4.7 yards a carry in 2018. In 2019, he had uh, 3.8 yards per carry. Yeah. Um, so he took a hit there. And his fans point for opportunity, 0.8 in uh, 2018, it was 0. 1.09. 1.09. So there was some massive differences between Todd Gurley of 2018 and Todd Gurley of 2019. You can't tell me those massive differences were because of his knee. Those massive differences were because you know the Rams were good one year and sucked the next. That definitely played, I think, a bigger part factor than um, the knee because I think people will just look at it and say, oh, his mm-hmm. knees are gone. I don't think they're the same, obviously, as when he came into the league. But, yeah. like, if you want, I mean, I had Todd Gurley on my fantasy team for a little bit last year. Um, and sure, there was times where you looked at Todd Gurley, like, there'd be a carrier or two, and you're like, yeah, that's, Ooh. that was not Todd Gurley. But yeah. then there'd be other times where he would. You'd be like, be like okay, there's Todd Gurley. There he is. Yeah, there, there he is. He, he just a quick burst up the middle, and mm-hmm. I pick up a 20 yards, and then boom, he's out of the game, and here comes Malcolm Brown. And it's like, 
You know, this isn't yeah. what they've been doing the last few years. So if there, if he plays like that in Atlanta, I don't think he's going to be Todd Gurley from 2018 or 2017. Yeah. But he's, he's going to be for sure worth a fourth round pick. So here's, you know, you want to hear the, I th- what I think is the biggest difference between Todd Gurley 2018 and Todd Gurley 2019. Not the kneecap, not the age, not the, you know, increased workloads over the years, you know, taking a toll on him to the point where he just wasn't the same guy. It wasn't the decrease, slight decrease in workload that he had from 2018 and 2019, which affected how many fantasy points he had. Yes. In 2018, according to player profiler, the Rams had a run blocking efficiency of 89.2, which was number 12 in all of the league. So they were a top 12 offensive line run blocking team. This is 2018. This is 2018. In 2019, they were 49th ranked. I don't even know how that's a thing. It's 32 teams in the NFL. Um, (laughs) What? 62.9. That might be based on running backs and how efficient they were in front. Um, So he had 62.9. So that's a difference of uh, 37 points. Uh, And so for me, it's like, or 37 ranks, I should say. Uh, for me, that is the big difference. That offensive line got worse. That offense as a whole got worse, and it affected Todd Gurley. He's going into what I would say is a slightly better offense than the Rams have. Would you disagree with that? I think it's debatable, but last year, yeah, the Falcons were a better offense probably. Okay. Um, so uh, the only thing we can really reference is uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons running back Devonta Freeman um, who played 14 games last year. We can reference his numbers because he was the closest thing that we're going to get to what Todd Gurley is. Mm-hmm. So their run blocking efficiency in the same ballpark, 59.4, number 54 overall. So it's, it sucks. Um, and you also have, you know, issues with uh, the yards per carry, which is 3.5. I think I talked about this before the season. Um, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, his name is, um, hold on, let me look it up. I f- totally forgot it already. Um, I mean, who, who's, what's, oh gosh, why am I blanking on the head coach of the Dirk Atlanta Cutter. Falcons? So I looked who's, up Dirk Cutter's facts. Uh, oh, Dan Quinn. It's Dan Quinn. But I looked yeah. up Dirk Cutter uh, in his offensive numbers last year. And the one thing that I noticed is that he was bottom of the league in every single season with the exception of one that he's coached in his entire career in rushing bottom of the league. Um, His running backs always are terrible efficiency wise on the ground. Always. That's why I was hesitant on the Devonta Freeman hype last year. And I liked him, but I was like, "Uh, I don't know guys, this whole situation with (laughs) offensive coordinator is, is really disconcerting. Um, and so I think when you have a talent, more talented running back, I think four yards of carry is safe to project for, for Todd Gurley, but I don't think he's going to all walk in and make the Atlanta Falcons rushing game any better. I think the big separation between Todd Gurley and, 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 uh, Devonta Freeman is that I think, De- I think Todd Gurley, we talked about how he's more talented, but I think he's just a better pass catcher. Uh, and Devonta Freeman last year had 70 targets. So I think if you yeah. go into this season and Todd Gurley catches 60 receptions, he does great work through the air. I think he gets, you know, 60, 70 receptions and he can get six, 700 yards on the ground. I mean, uh, through the air. And then if he hits a thousand, like he could very well have a season where he gets himself back into that RB one, like play. Um, the question is obviously for him efficiency wise, he's never been a guy that gets a whole ton of rushing yards, a whole ton of receiving yards, you know, usually around 16 to 1800 throughout his entire career, um, a season, uh, it's the touchdowns. And I, I think if he can get back up to 17, 18 touchdowns, it'll be great for him. But, um, I don't know if that's possible. I like Todd Gurley because of the round that he's going in. Um, Mm -hmm. and the value that he brings. Like if he ends up being a fifth, sixth round pick, great value. You can snag him. And then if he somehow miraculously goes back to Todd Gurley of 2018 and becomes that top three running back, you got to steal in that round, but you're not risking a lot fantasy wise drafting him in the fifth or sixth round because he ends up being, you know, basically on your bench or your flex. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think if Todd Gurley goes any any sooner, uh, if like any sooner than like the fourth round, like yeah. he's a third round picker higher. I'm a little bit nervous about uh, it. I get, I become more nervous about it too. But I mean, as of right now, he's a really late round pick on sleeper. I think he'll yeah. probably, like you said, fourth round pick. You think he'll end up being? Yeah. I think he'll probably be like a fourth, fifth round pick. And if that's the case, I think I would, I would definitely take him. Yeah. Um, Atlanta didn't do too much to bolster their offensive line, but they did draft the center in the third round who could be the starting center. And like, that's an upgrade right yeah, there. Right. Um, and then they, they added a few depth moves, like a, a guard or two, which will help running backs. And I just hope Dirk so. Cutter doesn't ruin. Yeah. What I want. I, Todd I think you to made be. a good point with the catching the football. Uh, I think Todd Gurley is better at catching the football than Devontae Freeman. And Devontae Freeman, you said, had like 70-something targets? Um, yes. Yeah, so you give that to Gurley, I think he'll he'll do good with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's It should be interesting to see what Todd Gurley does. On the other guy on this list that we wanted to bring in, we're not going to talk about on the show, but uh, Melvin Gordon, I think, is, is a guy that you can – is one of those must-own running backs – going into the season. Um, but I think these older guys, not older, but guys that were top five fantasy picks, you know, just, just a year ago. Yeah. Are now, you know, falling into the, they're on new teams, you know, they're in new situations and we're going to have to see, I, I'm concerned about the dirt cutter rushing effect, you know, like <laughs> does he yeah. actually, is he actually going to be that bad, you know, on the ground? I don't know. But um, if he can get up to six to eight hundred re- receiving yards and reach a thousand rushing yards on the season, I mean he's back to where he was efficiency wise rushing the football. And if he just gets past fifteen touchdowns, the guy's already a top five running back. You know. Yep. So it's like you know I think he's a solid RB two. You know between twelve to sixteen, I would say when the season's all said and done. But he can be you know, a, a top five, top six, top seven running back. If he gets back to what he was doing with, um, the Los Angeles Rams, a That's couple the thing years with ago, Gurley, like as long as he stays healthy yeah. at worst, he's not going to be worse than like the 16th, 17th running back. Right. Like his floor is pretty high. Yeah. So, so I think he's definitely worth the draft. Pick. Interesting on the Todd Gurley discussion, but that'll do it for our must own must draft running backs for 2020 um, we might do another version of the show later in the year we'll see what happens but um, yeah. these are guys that we think you should own you should you should go out and draft you should go try to get them on your fantasy team great value picks here um, mm-hmm. and I think I think you could have some awesome awesome fantasy production in 2020 from these these five was it five we talked about running backs um, so that'll do it for this episode of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to check out our website at thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and we will uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday, Fantasy Champs. Have a great week. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>